Hey everybody, Captain Andy Comics is right about to start, but there's a lot of great podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including this one. <coughs> a lot of anchors do that. <coughs> Are you ready? Ah, oh boy. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. That Let's was do good. it again. What? That was good. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Back to you on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. I need an agent. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, it's Captain of the Comics. And I'm here with John Clark. This was a tough week. Uh, we lost two comics. Mark, you've listened to the show for a long time. You've probably missed you. He's on about six or seven times. And he was one of my favorite people to have on. He was one of my favorite people to see. Um, met Stu when he was working at Camaro's Comics for Steven. And he was just a guy that had a lot of joy and a lot of light and a lot of fun in his heart. He was a great dad. Um, he loved things that were a little off-center, like Darkhawk and Hero Clips and Peter Jackson's Hobbit movies, and he would not care if you were not into them, too. Uh, he was only 37. He's uh, left behind a wife and three kids. We had a beautiful ceremony for him yesterday, but um, one of the things that got me through this week was listening to the old appearances that Stu did. Uh, as I said, he's he'd been on like many, many times. Sometimes at the last minute, he would just uh, kind of step in. Always had fun. Never listened to the show. Was proud of that. But uh, it really helped because when I listened to the episodes, I wasn't sad anymore. I I I just felt happy to hear his voice. Uh, I'm really gonna miss him, but. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to remember him with this episode. This is the last time he appeared on the show, which is actually from 2017. I didn't even realize it had been that long. But this was a show we did on Father's Day about bad dads in comics. And I wanted Stu there because Stu was one of the best dads I knew. Uh, and he was really fun. And he's in rare form here. So if, if you have only listened to us recently and you never heard him on the show, this was probably your best introduction to him uh we're all definitely gonna miss Stu. um he's kind of left a hole that uh nobody can step in and replace but i just hope you enjoy this show as much as i enjoyed listening to it again hello thank you for having me it's been a it's it's been so long that Stu needed directions to get to the house. I don't know the last time we had Stu. I don't know. Uh, it's at least a year. Probably at least probably a, a year. movie. What was the big? Oh, you know what? Maybe Star Wars. Maybe uh, Star Wars. Not Rogue One. Not not Rogue One. But Force maybe Awakens. Maybe? Maybe Force Awakens. Awakens. That's wow. two years ago. Oh, I mean, it's it. I'm. Ooh. Okay. No, it's it's nice to be back here on uh, Dark Hawk Talk. You know, it's uh. <laughs> It's a good format. I know Stephen loves it. He's been writing that joke since the last time he was on. <laughs> Stu, if, uh, for those who don't know, Stu loves Darkhawk. He's that guy. He's when that... you wonder who the guy that still likes Darkhawk, he's the one guy who still likes Stu him. likes Darkhawk so much that I was at a toy show when uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy set came out, and there was the Marvel Legends Darkhawk. 
And I picked it up and we stopped off at the store and Stu was there. And I was like, you know what? If Stu wants to buy this Dark Hawk, he should have it because he cares more than I do. I'm really just kind of buying it to fill out the builder figure and I'll find him later. And then Stu comes up and, uh, and, uh, and I say, uh, look, have you seen this? And you go, yeah, I already got one. I go, okay. And then Stu immediately goes, need two. Will you sell them to me? <laughs> <laughs> Only Stu needs two Darkhawk. There's no yeah. one else who even needs that figure, let alone needs two of them. Well, everybody has their weak spot character. Yeah. Steven will argue about Star Fox. Yeah, why, like, uh, you put all the Avengers in, like, matching jackets and have Black Knight lead the team with a, a, with a lightsaber. <laughs> I'll read that book forever, but I'm the only one. Yeah, I love Cable, and Yeah, Cable's getting vindicated And you know lately. what? All these things are, like, 90s. Did you notice? They're all, like, Darkhawk's a 90s guy, Cable's yeah. a 90s yeah. guy, Black Knight leading the Avengers with leather jackets is a 90s thing. Yeah, well, you guys have... Everyone's been, dark spot is in the 90s. You guys have been yelling at me for the last 20 minutes because I'm rereading Capullo's run on Spawn. Yeah, you're not a well man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're doing very well. No, nineties were good today. Yeah, well, well, at least at least you guys, your guilty pleasures are collected in trade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Stu's shit ain't even reprinted. That's great. Is Darkhawk in any trade whatsoever? Yes, uh, yes. Actually, New Warriors, but like all the Secret Defenders. Okay. Well, they brought back. They're doing. They brought him back in that like War of Kings stuff. All that cosmic yeah. stuff oh, yeah. that Marvel was doing when Civil War was going on. He's in the like running around in that. So. Written by CB Sabluski. The character is back and is in comics. It's just you know no one fucking cared then and no one fucking cares now. <laughs> Avengers <laughs> Arena. I don't know much about Darkhawk other than the fact that like. Am I wrong in saying when Dan DiDio took over DC and said, let's make a new Blue Beetle, and they said, what do we do? He goes, how about a Puerto Rican Darkhawk? Is that all? That's I don't know if he exactly said that specifically, but Blue Beetle essentially. Puerto Rican Darkhawk, make it happen. Yeah, if you Chinese know. Chinese Adam, Puerto Rican Darkhawk. Well, I'm diversifying. How it really happened was Kirkman wrote Darkhawk, because Kirkman's a fan of Darkhawk. Kirkman okay. wrote Darkhawk in his Marvel team-up book. That got canceled. For bad sales. Yeah, people forget Kirkman was... Yeah, it's, it's Kirk weird that that book got canceled. But Kirkman was making all these inroads into Marvel. Yeah. Like, he did some Captain Americas, and... He did Ultimate X-Men and ran it into the ground. Yeah, he did a bunch of stuff for Marvel. That was already in the ground at that point. He was uh, he just didn't doing help. donuts. <laughs> but then Walking Dead took off, and, like, he's just he just rebranded himself as, like... The author of Walking Dead, who's yes. never done anything besides Walking Dead, even though he's still doing Invincible, which is crazy because he goes out and like does interviews and takes an, a huge dump on people who yep. work on like Spider Man, and he's like, yeah. "Yeah, fuck you guys if you're working on Captain America and the X Men and Spider Man. And these properties that are 50 years old." He's like, "Be a real comic book creator, create your own stuff." And it's like, "Yeah, easy, easy. Yeah. You were almost homeless when you pitched Invincible, dickhead." Yeah, right. Yeah, be a real comic book creator. Get the number one series on cable. Right. Yeah. Well, because, all right, so after he left Marvel, he did his own, went back to creating more of like his Invincible universe and doubled down on that. And he created a character called Tech Jacket, which is Darkhawk, but without an amulet. It's like the concept of like the guy that finds a thing and it builds a yeah. finds his Tech Jacket does sound like the 90s right there. Yep. Well, he might I'll as give... well be called Pouch Strap. <laughs> so I'll he... give him, uh, Kirkman is probably the guy I like. Who names characters the best? He does have he some comes really up good with names. The best names for See, characters. See, all I've really read from him is Walking Dead. So I oh, don't. Oh, it's all I, in Invincible. I've heard great things about good. Invincible, but it's so deep at this yep. point. You have to, and that's the thing. It's like you can't pick up a hardcover of Invincible and read start. it and understand what's going on. I've read every 
issue of Invincible. I pick up the newest hardcover and I'm like, what the fuck is going on in yeah. this book? It's yeah. like, it's so dense. Well, it's and, in, a, yeah, in Walking, its own. I mean, Walking Dead is the same way. And Invincible, like years ago, I said, I got into Walking Dead and this is before the show started. I was like, oh, let me read Invincible because at the time he was known as the guy who was doing these two big image yeah. series. And I got like about three issues in and I'm like, oh, okay, this is pretty good. And I just kind of forgot. Like it, it, it didn't hook it's me a, enough that I wanted to know. It's a soft burn or whatever you call yeah. it. Yeah. It takes a minute to get going. And if you stick with it, it's very rewarding. Like it's a, there's a I've lot heard. of good stuff in it, but it's like getting to that point. Even like I said, I'm exhausted reading it. I love that book. Yeah, it seems like there's like a little bit of Astro City in there. Yeah. A little bit of... Un- it seems like And it's like in the Image universe, so all it? the other Image yeah. characters, like Savage Dragon will show up. Does you know? Spawn show up? Yes. He does show up. <laughs> kidding no he does <laughs> he also yeah. did uh kirkman also did that book haunt with capullo which was right. part of mcfarland's yeah. universe yeah so all those image characters exist in like one shared universe and yep. like they did a big crossover where invincible kind of fights everybody and they had huh. savage dragon in chicago and they had spawn wherever the fuck he is and all the other characters tech in jacket. new york tech jacket yeah yeah i honestly didn't know i really thought because i read the first few and i really thought it was self-contained uh, it started that way, but then I think they just kind of broadened it at the bigger it got, and then Image got really big into doing like a shared universe. Um, I don't know, about ten years ago, maybe yeah. they tried to kind of show, all right, look, all these guys, Savage Dragon has met this dude and this dude, They're and all, they yeah. all exist in one world. And some of them, you know, because it was just the creators were friends, so it'd be like, hey, can I have Shadowhawk show up in Savage right, Dragon? Right. And there was a lot of doing that early on. In Image, too, yep. to just kind of bolster each other's books. Right. Cause they it makes had, sense. And when Image started, I mean, uh, uh, Spawn was a gigantic hit, and then Wildcats was a gigantic hit, and Youngblood did really, really well. Like, wasn't at the... And all three of those books are fucking nowhere now. Yeah, no. I mean, Spawn's being made, but it's, it's the only one still being made, and it. we were just saying it doesn't crack the top 300. Yeah, which and is unheard of. Last year, Eric Larson and Tom McFarlane teamed up on it, and did your sales go up at all? No, did you, no. Did I didn't from... even notice that the two of them were on the book, because <laughs> so, all I did is click the button that says order one for the one guy that gets it. <laughs> so it didn't even go from one to... No. <laughs> do you get do you order Savage Dragon at all? I used to, and then I stopped because I it wasn't selling, and I yeah. had thirty copies of <laughs> Savage Dragon floating around. <laughs> I have more respect for Savage Dragon. I than do Spawn. because he's not a yeah. dickhead. Well, you you can tell he cares about that character, and he wants to he wants to just do that comic, and he loves that comic. It was always clear from Spawn that Todd McFarlane. Honestly, it was clear from his entire career. Todd McFarlane was use, was a jock who was using nerdy kids to get right. rich. Where's the money, Lebowski? That's all that dude cares yeah, he about. He figured yeah. out, like, the talent of McFarlane was figuring out all the tricks that would get people excited, put them all on Spider-Man. He did a short Batman run, he did a short Spider-Man run, and then Spawn was Batman and Spider-Man smushed together. And, of course, it was the number one book, because it's Batman and Spider-Man. Yeah. But there was no story, and he didn't... He didn't care about doing one because yeah. he didn't love comics. The guy's an idiot. He, you know, he bombed out of minor league baseball and somehow was a, an incredibly talented artist, and that was it. Whereas Eric Larson, you could tell, like adores Jack Kirby. Yeah, and just wants to do something that honors the history of comics month in month out. Yeah, because I don't mind the guys that use the books as like their passion project. Like Steve Rude on Nexus is like a great example. Yeah. Guy created this character. It's it's a great concept. It's actually good comics. Probably some of the best comics that is being produced. And the guy just this is all he wants to do is just 
John just Nexus, doing it, his yeah. own creator, yeah. own character, and it doesn't ever sell that big. No one knows. No one's it fucking heard of did. it. It, it's it not even never a, did. But like these like, image books we were talking about, they had their heyday. Right. This yeah. book never Next, had a heyday. And it's like, it's that's to me, it seems like that's probably like the most overlooked, yeah. well done <clears throat> property in comic books. I, I, I told you the encounter that Steve Rude had with Ben at the New York yeah. Comic Con. When uh, I think I might have told it on the show, when Ben was a baby, we took him to New York Comic Con when he was like one, and Mike Mignola drew a Hellboy on his uh, onesie. It's awesome, uh, which we still have. And then um, Steve Rude, uh, Steve Rude, we uh, brought to a Kirby panel, and it was like Steve Rude was there, and Joe Sinnott was there, and Mark Evanier was moderating, and uh, it was it was a big room but a small crowd. So Ben was crawling around the floor because he's one, um, and then. And Steve Root on the panel is like, hey, look at that baby. And the next day, we're walking through Artist Alley, and I had him in a Bjorn, and he, we go past his table, and he hits the person next to him with, I think it was his wife, and went, there's that baby I was telling you about. <laughs> Steve Root loves babies. And we babies. Talk, talk to him. Well, Ben, at least. Yeah. Should bring uh, him back to see him and be like, this is that baby from many years no, ago. still he's carry like, ah, him in like a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Hellboy onesie. He would love that. Yeah. He would kick me. Ben constantly. wouldn't love that. Ben is 4'10 now. Wow. <laughs> I am 5'7. We went to Home Depot yesterday and they had those yardsticks. Oh. And uh, he's not going into Bjorn again. <laughs> <laughs> Almost taller than Steven now. Almost. Just what, like three more inches? Couple, couple inches and there it'll be. Yeah, but speaking of kids, our topic, um, our topic could very easily be image creators <laughs> and, and their faded glories, um, which would be an interesting hour. And if we go back into it, I'm not stopping it. But today is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, I don't know everybody. that we've yep. recorded on Father's Day several times. I don't know that we've done a specific father podcast. But Stu is here because Stu has the most children. Three. I thought you had four kids. No. I, I, I don't count Doug. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you, that. Doug. <laughs> uh, yeah. And John, you got two. I have two. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we were thinking about it. I actually mentioned this to my wife about like uh, – wanted to talk about how fathers are depicted in comics and sci-fi, uh, which isn't all that great. <laughs> I find. No, typically it's like uh, the most famous fathers, I think, in fiction are the really bad fathers. You know, like Darth Vader. Yeah. He's a bad father. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a terrible, terrible father. Or dead. The, like the way Or they're dead. Or right. Krypton, yeah. Or Uncle Uncle Ben, who's not even a father, but enough well, to get him killed. Well, he's a father figure, yeah. Father figure, yeah. Like Jonathan a, Kent, they kill the, the comics good ones, all the yeah, time. Yeah, eventually him... die. Like, Jonathan Kent's probably, like, the only good father. Right, yeah. I Cyclops was, was a jerk father. Cyclops was a terrible father. You know and his father was a bad father. His father yeah. was, like... A pirate. Space his father's pirate. a space pirate and, like, banging furry alien whores. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Corsair's a great character. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you died when I threw you out of the out of the plane with your yeah. parachute on fire. I My bad. A, I have a spaceship. <laughs> you and your twin brother. And your twin brother. Oh, by the and, and by the way, I, I was reading, like, that run, like, the Cockrum, uh, John Byrne run, where, like, Cyclops finds out that Corsair's his father. They don't mention Havoc. 
It's like, hey, how's your brother? He's like, my father's alive. Where's your brother? He hasn't been in the book for a while, so who We're cares? not even going to ask about him. <laughs> and it's crazy because like, Corsair's probably a shit dad because he's like, the guy has a spaceship. It's not like he's lost in space and can't find Earth. He has a spaceship. He has a navigation computer. He knows where Earth is, and he's just like, nah, I don't need to go back there. Well, that's like... Yeah, but Cyclops- that's basically what they did with Star-Lord's dad in Guardians of the Galaxy where he's just like... In the movie? Running around banging yep. bitches in the universe. Probably, <laughs> if you haven't seen that, the second Guardians of the Galaxy, it's spoilers, but probably the worst dad in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty awful. Odin's not a great dad either. Odin's not yeah. a great he banishes, dad. He banishes his children to Earth like it's like some third world country. That's yeah. a time, Midgard is time out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, think of it this way, all right? Before, because we can go all day naming bad dads. Yeah. Name yeah, one yeah. good dad. Reed Richards. Great dad. No, Reed Richards mm. is not great. In, Sue Storm is a great mom. Great mom. I don't and think he's so good of a dad. She's constantly been like, you've been in the lab all day. You've been ignoring your kids. Yeah, but he's doing science. Now, Alfred's a great dad. Alfred. Alfred. Okay. Okay. And again, not technically a dad. Yeah. Well, he fills the dad role. Yeah. Oh, you know who's a really bad dad? I want to go. We will go back to bad okay. dads. Okay. Uh, maybe the worst dad, Norman Osborn. He is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially we were. Was that before the show we hit it's record? Like... We were talking about this. He that he slept because didn't Gwen yes. Stacy date Harry Osborn yes. too? Yes. Yeah, yes, was, they, they, they dated before uh, Peter. Yeah, I think in the Ditko run before like Gwen Stacy was a love interest. Right. Gwen yeah. Stacy was not a love interest really until Ramita. Right. Um, but they both dated Mary Jane. They definitely they both, both dated, dated Mary Jane. Right. I believe they both but, dated Gwen. They, they were the Betty like, and Veronica that was, of Spider-Man. He was friends with Gwen Stacy at the very least. And then his dad fucks the girl. And, While she's dating Peter. Right. Yeah. While she's like in Europe, which is insane. and then they have goblin twins. Oh my god! Have they bothered a... to retcon that no, story? No, out? no they, they did that story to retcon it in because that's why she went to Europe was to hide the pregnancy. He got her pregnant in New York. Right. That's why she went to Europe for like six months or eight months or like a year was to, to hide the, the preg to have the kids yeah. and hide the pregnancy. But they never retconned it. That still that still happened. This is the story Kinda. that killed it. Killed the Straczynski run. Because if you reread that run, every Ramita Jr. issue is great. Yeah. And yep. then he leaves and Diodato comes on. And I hate Diodato. Straczynski immediately does Norman Osborn stories and Peter eating faces and getting eight arms. stories. Well, because he... Yeah. And that's, cause that's like one of Matt's... My buddy Matt's favorite storylines. He actually has the original art of the Gwen confronting Norman Osborn in his office really? before the bow chicka wow wow <laughs> with his Tootsie Roll hair. Um but originally Straczynski wanted the father to be Peter and Marvel told him or specifically Quesada told him absolutely not Peter is not a fa- Peter can't wow. be a father. Yeah. So then, let us not talk about that baby he lost in the clone song. Yes. Or the baby he lost to Mephisto. Remember that one more day nonsense? He was yeah. supposed to have a kid and then Mephisto yeah. was It's like why Marvel can't let their characters be dads? Gr- yeah. It f- infuriates because, me. Because well that was the thing I was thinking about. Because they're so good at it. Well, uh, well <laughs> Wolverine's a great dad. <laughs> <laughs> the, th- the thing about fathers is that all of these superheroes are coming of age myths. Yeah. So one of the things you have to do is kill off your parents so you don't have, you have to lose your mentor figure. Yeah. So you stand on your own. In Star Wars, it happens tw- it happens really three times, but you, but in the original Star Wars, it happens twice. Because first, they burn his aunt and uncle. Yep. And then Darth Vader slices through Obi-Wan. Yep. So, he's got, like, Luke has bad parental figures. 
and then positive father figures, and they both get killed. And then the second movie, you find out his real father figure is the one who, who killed all of them. And then yeah. he gets killed. Yeah, which actually didn't hit me till now, because Darth Vader orders Uncle Ben and... And, and, and Peru dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he's a bad dad. He removes everyone. Well, so, so he might not have specifically ordered it because remember, he doesn't go. He doesn't go to Tatooine because he hates sand. <laughs> that's yes, that's, that's why it's safe. Well, he doesn't set foot on it, but he says, "Go get me those droids." Yeah. So I would not be surprised if if they called up and they're like, oh, "We're at a homestead, and there's a Peru um, and Owen uh, Lars. Kill them. Kill them <laughs> with fire." <laughs> Make it look like sand people. That's racist, sir. Do it. <laughs> but that's kind of the that's kind of the myth is is you know that the classic Joseph Campbell myth is uh, you're a kid, you're home, you're safe. Uh, something happens, it's and like then you have a to thousand faces book. exactly, yeah, and then you have book. to grow. And in one of the ways you grow is by losing the the people who protected you. I tweeted uh, a while ago. Ben and I were watching some movie uh and he goes and he turns to me he's like he's like how come in all these movies the dads are dead and i went because if the dads were alive you wouldn't let that kid do that yeah. <laughs> like you think like I, you know if i was the waynes i wouldn't i wasn't gonna let my kid dress up as a bat and drive into the city <laughs> and punch people right i'd be like look settle down get some therapy <laughs> yeah let's hire a security service let's yeah. do that well all right think going back to dads i guess some of the like Miles Morales, sorry, Miles Morales has a good, you know, actual dad that's no, got a head on his shoulders. But then he's also got that bad uncle. Yeah, he's got a bad okay. uncle. But then his dad's like a shield agent. I think they're muddying with that oh, character. Really? It's I stopped reading that. Book. I only they read right off the. I rails. only read the first one, which was still the Ultimate Universe. It was so I don't know good what's happened for since years, then. but I think it's that book they've kind of lost what they're doing with it. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up killing that dad just because it's like they yeah. don't know what else to do. Well, I remember with father that figures. too, with Tim Drake. When they introduced him, oh, he was like, yeah. he was the first Robin to like have parents, and his his parents like lived next door to Wayne Manor, but it was still like a mile away because of the property. Yeah, and he 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 had a tunnel that went from like his house to the Batcave, and that was going fine. And then like so they crippled identity. his dad. And then his dad, they like killed his mom, crippled his dad. His dad's in a wheelchair for a while, and then an identity crisis. Then they killed his dad. Yeah, yeah. And it's there's like only so long. You can hang around. I mean, look look at Aunt May. Like, they're constantly threatening her life. Yeah. Yeah. Stanley used to say about Aunt May that he would get, uh, he's like, I would get letters every month. And half of them would say, if you kill Aunt May, I'll never buy the book again. And the other half would say, you better kill Aunt May or I'm never buying the book again. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is you want your characters to stay young and vital. You want them to look like they have a lot of energy and they have a lot of choices. That's been the big problem with Spider-Man is that you you want to watch his life evolve because he starts in high school. And yeah. we saw him go through high school and go through college yeah. and get a job at the Daily Bugle and then like go back for his uh, master's. And, and you know after that, we twist it all over because now he's a teacher. Now he's a scientist. Now he owns his own company. Now he's back to taking pictures. But the th- part of that is you settle down, you have kids in life. Yeah. And they... When they married into Mary Jane, they did it very, very quickly in the 80s. It was, it was, I got whiplash because I was reading it at the time and they had just reintroduced Mary Jane as like a friend character. Yeah. Because when she came back and she admitted to Peter that she knew he was Spider-Man the whole time. So then you have this civilian character that he could talk to about being Spider-Man. They were writing Black Cat out of the book at that point, but there really wasn't any romantic entanglements. And then they decided to do it in like the 
newspaper strip. So at the end of an issue where he's fighting Dr. Octopus, he just comes home and he's like, will you marry me? And then like that annual comes out like the next month. Yeah. yeah. And then they couldn't quite figure out what to do. And then they're like Nate and Mary Jane, like this hot supermodel. And then they had her like uh, creepy TVs. landlord stalking yeah. her. And then she was on a soap opera. Soap opera star was my favorite. Yeah. And then there was like a whole subplot where, ooh, she's smoking. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember that. During the Eric Larson run. And it's like my uh, my sister-in-law. <laughs> you know, it's like aside she was smoking from my brother for like six months. Like really? Peter comes yeah. home. I don't know if they were hiding it, but it was something like we didn't know about. And then we like, it's time you smoke. And it was like this big hollabaloo. Is she still smoking? Or I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think it's like once every great once yeah, in a while. Yeah, it was like know? a thing like Peter would come home and like see a, an ash or like a, a cigarette and butt at like, like the window ledge. And he's just like, oh, no, Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like why that dude can't become like a father. And then when they make them the fathers, the few characters they allow to be fathers, they keep their kids like in a weird, awkward age for decades. Right. Like yeah. Franklin Richards or well, t- uh, Damian Wayne. Well, that's the problem. Well, Franklin Richards was... Just age and fits and starts because he was a baby, baby for like ten years. Right. Then he was like, like in the eighties, he was four. Right. And, and he wore and like a four and a half t-shirt in the nineties. Yep. Yep. Well, no, and then he got made like eighteen or like twenty for like two years oh, for yeah. Fantastic well, Force. Yeah, he was like future Franklin came back. Yep. Yeah. But then in like the Hickman run, he's like ten. Yeah. Right. So you don't. But there's see- even a future version of him in that too. Yeah. You don't see him. You don't see them gradually grow. And the the problem, I think, Fantastic Four. The only way they had it was like. Reed was already kind of the reserved professorial father figure because right. you had Johnny. Yeah. Like if you need your young character running around dating, you had Johnny. But then they married. They married Johnny off. They, they married had to all re- of them. Every one of the that. members has been married. No, yeah. Thing was never married. Yeah, yeah. Alicia the Masters. Married... No, no, Alicia no. married Johnny Human Torch, and then it turned out she was a scroll. Yes, uh, Oh no, the thing didn't get married. Right at the end no, of Mark she... Millar's run, he was going to marry some teacher. And oh, that's right. Oh, like left right. him at the altar. Yeah, she does. No, no, he leaves her. He leaves her because he saw because the Matt run was Murdoch, over. He saw. Uh, Matt Murdock, Namor, Bruce Wolverine. Banner, and I think one other character, and they were all like, oh, man, all our girlfriends got killed. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it was like, like Hawkeye, because Mockingbird was dead at the time. Yeah, I can't right? remember who was, it was four or five of them, but yeah, they are all like, yeah, he's like, the thing was like, I can't do it. Yeah, because once you settle into the, so the problem is the demographic, which uh, no longer applies now, but the demographic was supposed to be eight to 12, or the people who read comic books. So what you want is somebody who's 20. Because kids don't like to read about themselves. They like to read about their future selves. Right. That's what they always said was uh, a lot of people don't like Robin because Robin reminds them of them. And nobody wants to be Robin. Everybody wants to be Batman. Right. So, but that's how you write Robin. You write Robin like the kid who wants to be Batman. Yeah, but the right. kid... And I think re- that's why Damien and Tim Drake work so well. Yeah, They're but, widely considered to be the best Robins. Right. But, for the mo- but Batman's always way more popular than Robin. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Another horrible, horrible father. Batman? Yeah, dressed yeah. in bright oh, yeah. colors and probably in touch in front of gunfire. The worst of all the good guy fathers, I'd say, would have to be Batman. I feel yeah. like the Lego Batman movie nailed the Batman Robin relationship. Yeah, where where Alfred's like, maybe you should take care of your son. Who now? Yeah, <laughs> like you know this kid who's on the security camera in Wayne Manor <laughs> that you adopted. Oh, yeah, that kid. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the Lego Batman movie? No, oh, that, that's great. I think I that's would, the best. Like. Picking apart and just like getting to like the core of like the Batman like psychosis or like yep. his personality, it nails it. It's like, fun. I would lend it to you, but uh, that's one of the movies that I went discless. Yeah, I went, don't do I it. went straight oh, to wow. iTunes and bought it. 
Yeah. And it was uh, the Lego Movie was included on. Oh, it's your, we'll get it because we'll probably buy it I'll on Blue. It we'll, yeah, we'll buy it on Blu-ray. It's out this, the DVD. Yeah, it's out this out week, but um, um, it's fun because it. It's not a real Batman movie by any stretch. It's not like, oh, I can kind of fit it in between Adam West and Batman the Hammerhead series. But it's a really good examination of, like, a lot of the tropes about about Batman. And yeah. it pulls enough of the Lego movie in. Yeah. Where it's well, like... And the voices are, like, the way they do Bane, the way they do yeah. Killer Croc, the, what, Zach Galifianakis is Joker, I yeah. think. Yeah, well, Bane sounds like Tom Hardy. Yeah. yeah. Where go, wow, what does he say? Oh, shit, there's... Ah, oh, he has like a pun on his name that's a rallying cry, and I can't remember what it is. Yeah, it's I. Ah, uh, it's it's gonna kill me, and I'm gonna remember. But he but he does something like you've been burned, <laughs> <laughs> like when he hits somebody. It's terrible. And the killer croc, killer croc at one point just you, you like they they're cutting to everybody, and he just does one thing. and He goes, "I did something," yeah. <laughs> which which I did uh, ten years ago. Mike Drucker, who's the head writer on Bill Nye, and Mark Normand, who. Uh, just had an hour special on um, Comedy Central, and both of them have been on the show. I wrote a sketch where they're the Riddler and Killer Croc, and Drucker sounds exactly <laughs> like he does in the Lego movie. And part of me's thinking, not that I'm famous in any way, but that these guys have gone on enough where somebody involved with Lego Batman might have seen that. Oh. And I was like, yeah, that's the way we do Killer Croc. Right, that's, the, that's our Killer Give Croc. Give him one line and get him out. <clears throat> Oh yeah, they they kind of just went around because they even put like a Lego crocodile head on them, so mm-hmm. it doesn't even look like regu- what you would think of Killer Croc. Yeah, it's just a big, it's a Hulk body with a Lego crocodile head. Yep, which they've never <laughs> made like that. It's not like they found it in a set. Yeah, but oh. and again, I, yeah, again they play up the uh, the Alfred Batman father son relationship, and then the bad Batman Robin father son yeah. relationship. All right, think of it this way. All right, let's say Stephen, congratulations, you're going to be a father. Um, you have all of the comics you've ever read to prepare you to be for fatherhood. Right. You're screwed. <laughs> That's not entirely true. Just read Captain America. Just, yeah. Who's he father to? Well, the nation, John. <laughs> <laughs> He's the father of our nation. He does have a kid, I guess, from that World War Z. Oh, yeah, he had a kid. World War Z? No, was it World War, not the Dimension like, Z. Dimension Z. Z. Oh. That Remender run. He oh, had like I, a, a Arnim so Zola's like clone kid or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because you can't say Bucky. Bucky's like a brother figure. Yeah, right. or, you know, just dress up Rick Jones as Bucky. That's cool. Yeah, that was healthy. <laughs> oh, my God. That was like so bizarrely homoerotic. <laughs> well, and he was I, grieving. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's also why Cyclops married a clone of Jean Grey. Yeah. Just because she looked like Jean Grey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I was re- speaking of Cyclops being a bad dad, so I was rereading the epic collection of X Factor, and I hadn't read those original issues in a long time. Like, <laughs> Cyclops is just as awful a dad as uh, Corsair. Yeah, because yeah. some of these things you look back and you're like, oh, I see, it was a part of the time then, or like the 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 famous uh, Hank Pym hitting uh, Janet. Janet. They they said the problem with that was that um, did Sal Buscema draw it? No, it was. Uh, uh, John Bishema, but the script read Hank Pym shoves Janet. And in Marvel, it's like, go bigger. And so and he, made it a... he said, he said, like, make it Kirby. Yeah. He said, we always did action like Kirby. So everything was big. Right. So he slaps her across the room and it, and the whole nation just went. Mm. Right. Yeah. It, they went too far. 
They just to the point where Paul that. Rudd had to be Scott Lang. Yes. Right. And Michael Douglas. Yeah, had they to be stayed they yeah. completely stayed away from any of that but stuff. They it's, just addressed that in the new Secret Empire with the Pym Ultron. If you've never which goes back to Rage of Ultron, oh, really that nice. whole uh what was it? The Marvel it's, original it's graphic novel. Yeah, they did when the Ultron movie came out. They Marvel did an original graphic novel called Rage of Ultron. They were okay. trying to do original graphic novels for like a really small right. window. There, remember, like uh, Warren Ellis did a weird Avengers one, where and it was not to... part of that Ultron crossover. No, no. it's completely separate. But they merged Hank Pym with Ultron, so he's like a bio organic like robot like thing. Warlock and Doug Ramsey. Yes, I guess okay. it, it was a way to get. <laughs> I like that half the room got that reference. <laughs> you know what I was saying? We were talking about this the other day. Uh, the three of us, the only other person I'd throw in this mix to increase the knowledge before it overlaps too many times mm-hmm. is Joe Pakovitz. Between the three of us, we probably know an, an obscene amount of comic book knowledge, and I think the only other one that could bring in with. That would know something we don't know would be Joe Packard. Yeah, everyone he, else we pretty much cover. He predates me. He's great at like seventies, but then yeah. he does. And he I'm does like manga. And I'm stuff. great at like eighties into nineties and a decent amount of Silver Age, and then you're great into like nineties into two thousands, and then you pick up in two thousand. Right. Yeah. You're right. But even like going back, all this the nonsense we've read because it's like I haven't read a lot of the garbage X Men, but then you guys have read all that shit. I've but read. Then I've read every awful Avengers run. <laughs> you know, so it's like we have a. It's yeah. A good so like X X Men, I've read every X Men up until. The 2000s. That's where I start to fracture. Right. And that's where this guy picks yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but Cyclops, going back to X-Men and Bad Dads, Cyclops in the issue, it's awful. Cause it's like the first issue of X Factor, they're going along great. And they're like, the baby's in the other room. And Cyclops is still just kind of mad. He's not leading the X-Men anymore. <laughs> but like their relationship is okay. And he picks up the phone and he's like, <laughs> He's like, what? Jean Grey? And then he picks up the phone and walks out the door. <laughs> and like, Madeline's like holding the baby and she's like, Scott? <laughs> and it's literally like, can you bring me the phone? What? <laughs> door slams as he and walks out. And then you never see her again. You see her like on television. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, local woman loses husband. Jesus. Or, yeah. or like, or so like. So it's like Cyclops is really like a shit character yeah well, i mean i think it's like i love that the cockrum stuff those omnibuses i haven't gotten to the clone and the mm-hmm. madeline prior and all this shit yet but it's like uh they've really been making a mess of that character since like the early 80s yeah and yeah but and then they redeem him and then they lose him again because i will say the jim lee run cyclops is pretty cool like when yeah because when it's just about cyclops and gene and i mean but the, the weird thing is you could tell they they had no idea where they were going with it. Yeah, they didn't know what to do with him. He's like, but, he's the leader. Okay. Um, what, what, besides what, that, he's just kind of a yeah, wet blanket. But also, what do you do with him? He leads. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one in front. Yeah. Right? And what else does he do? Shoots laser beams Shoots out laser of his beam, eyes. Right. No, personality-wise. Like, what are you going to do with him? He, he had a kid once. Like. And the, the problem is he's one of those characters that's hard to write well. Ellie Tarantino and I were talking about this, uh, how much we both like Cyclops. Because the whole thing about him is that he's got, he, he's repressed and restrained, but he has to be because he's all about if he loses control, everybody dies. Yeah. Right. So he's got to be on guard all the time. So he has to put up this facade. But inside... Well- Joss Whedon let nailed it. Joss yeah. Whedon did that really good. But like uh, most people who Morrison. don't know it just go like, oh, he's the rule follower. Right. And like, oh, he hates Wolverine because Wolverine's the opposite. And hey, how much do we like Wolverine? Yeah. yeah. But there's that problem. But the way it was written, like, and then 
Madeline's floating around and eventually they decided that she was Mr. Sinister's clone and then in Inferno she like mixes with becomes the demon the goblin queen. She becomes a goblin queen. So like, all right, we've made her a villain and then and then the baby becomes Cable and it's like a big mess. But then you <laughs> you get to the other side and you're in the nineties where it's like where it's like uh Cable is Scott and Gene's son. Yeah, I said Gene. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. yeah. And then you're okay again. And once you're in that Jim Lee era, like the Jim Lee era really doesn't care about anything that happened before. Before They no. don't talk about Days of Future Past or Dark Phoenix at all at that point. Right. They're trying to do their own thing. They're just doing their own thing. So Cyclops can be cool again. But it's like, it's so hard to rectify. But also then in X-Factor. So he shows up at X-Factor and he's around Gene. And you're in like issue eight or nine. And then the subplot is, when will Scott tell Gene he's married? Yeah. So that's really creepy. And like Beast and Iceman and Angel are all like, she should know, but I'm not going to be the one to tell her. And at that point, like Jean has lost her telepathic powers. So she's only telekinetic. She's telekinetic. So you can't. So she can't. So she's not reading his mind, but she's just like, she's like, but she's like, I'm so happy that I'm back and alive. And here's my boyfriend. And. He's just weird and in the other side of the room and staring at me. Right? And then he leaves. And it's just like they they just they couldn't figure out what to do, even from the beginning. It's not like yeah. a, it's not like a storyline that went off the rails. Right. But well, they yeah. never have a plan for this stuff. Mm. You know, and it's like uh I don't ever know that comic book creators are keeping in mind or aware that comics are gonna outlive them do you know what i mean oh, clearly no, no. stanley and jack kirby and all these guys had no fucking idea that these books were going to be around today right well they, right? Well, they were saying that peter parker was aging in real time for like the first 30 issues right because he he goes into college like while ditko's still on the book yeah, yeah. and they then, get him out of high school really quick yeah it, they got him out of high school like real time it's like like he was a sophomore in amazing fantasy right and so three years into the book he's out and yeah. then they were just like whoa slows down because again they're thinking well the the point Half the point of Spider-Man is that he's this bouncy, wiry kid who doesn't fit in. Like, how do you do that with a 45-year-old? And, and the well, way, and that's what I'm saying is and like... And they've done it, but that was Spider-Girl. Yeah, they yeah. need to just kind of get past this. They can't... I get that they don't want to not make Spider-Man comics. So they don't want to do an old man Spider-Man book. But I think it's like, he can have a kid... You can do the Mr. Fantastic shit where you keep their kid a preteen for fucking third, third, three decades, but then let the kid go to high school and then give that kid powers. And then that's a, a dynamic we really haven't seen. The closest example would be like what they've done with Nightwing. He was Robin. Now he's Nightwing. Now he's an adult. And him and Batman have like a uh, a strained, semi-good relationship. But it's much more interesting than it was when he was Robin and he was yeah. Batman. And it's much less weird now. But like... What? And no, what's funny is like uh Dick Grayson will probably end up being like a good father just because right. he's been through some crazy right. stuff. Like he doesn't want anyone to have to live through the stuff right. that he's well, lived through. Shown like that he's, a, he's been a great older brother to both Tim and Damien. Yes. Right. And All he's right. always like, look, dad's crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Counterpoint to that. You know, we've gone like, oh, Corsair's a terrible father, which means Cyclops is a terrible father. Yeah. Look at how Cable treated all those kids in X-Force. Oh, I never. Oh, do you mean? Oh. Yeah, we just like, like soldiers. Where he's just like, hey, yeah. you're 14 years old. Here, put on some shoulder pads. Go out and stand oh, in front. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Look, I know generationally. I know you're invulnerable, but somebody might hit you in the shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> Other terrible parents. Uh, Magneto. 
Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Whether or not he is actually Quicksilver and Scarlet okay. Witch's kid, he's, let's pretend that he is because he should be. Well, he is, except every now and then when they want to keep X-Men separate from Avengers. Yeah. Right. Because it's like now he is officially Polaris's dad. Somehow. Right, well, he's a shitty dad. <laughs> All right, Polaris went but then, nuts because she couldn't figure out who her dad was. Yeah. Quicksilver's a shitty dad. Yeah, he, he's got Luna. When was the last time you saw Luna even in a comic book? I was just thinking about he that. He got married yeah. to Crystal, yeah. Johnny Storm's yeah. old girlfriend. Well, when was the last time you saw Crystal in a comic book? Oh, she's, she's in all the Inhumans Because of all the Inhumans stuff they're pushing. But, but Luna's then, not in there? Luna is in there. She's in there, but like when they remember. Now she's like... 16 now she's gotten she's older up. but then uh, Qu- uh scarlet witch had magic babies with the vision <laughs> oh, remember God, they're alive they're still alive well they're wicking and wicking oh, and speed now i thought they just stopped believing in them they I did they did but... all this magic stuff and i and thought all wicking this... master pandemonium with baby heads, baby heads. <laughs> do you remember this master pandemonium he had a Possibly star missing from his chest <laughs> no he's great no <laughs> No, what? just because he was a West Coast Avengers villain does not... Get, if this guy was in the X... No, if this guy was in Spawn... Right, he'd be terrible. <laughs> right? But he was an Avengers villain in his, the 80s, so I love him. His power was each limb was a separate demon. No, no. And then he no, could he open up his. the was star it? and a billion demons. <laughs> yeah. That is a Spawn character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, so they're, they're, the, Magneto's the, children were bad parents. Yeah. But what I want to see, eventually Marvel, we know is going to bring the Fantastic Four back. If they were really smart, sure. they bring the Fantastic Four back and they've aged Valeria the and, kids. and The kids should Franklin. be teenagers. And if they want to be really smart, this might actually be really interesting is have Reed and Sue retire because they're make them older because you got this like and weird. Now, and now Valeria and Franklin are the Mr. Fantastic. Yes, and they take over as the new members of the Fantastic cool. Four and have the thing in the torch join them. But here's the problem. If you make Reed and Sue older... Then you're admitting time has passed. So I if, know that's so if, it's a ballsy but, move. But if Reed and Sue are older, that means everyone in the no, Marvel universe no, is older. Because they're they're right off right now in current continuity. Human Torch and Thing are back in the six one six universe. Right, they're they're like part of. Are they each in, part of Avengers? Guardi- still? Uh, no, no, Thing so is on ben Guardians. Was on, was on Guardians, mm-hmm. but now left and is working for Shield, fighting Iron Doctor Doom. Because Doctor Doom is comics over kids. Oh, in the Iron, yeah. in the Iron Man comic. <laughs> because in the Iron Man comic, Iron Man is also missing, and Doctor Doom is the new Iron Man. So Ben is fighting Doctor Doom as the new Iron Man, and the Human Torch is dating Medusa in the Inhumans book because that's not weird. Human Torch really shits where he is. Yeah. He is such he's a dating. Scum. His, he stole his, his ex girlfriend's sister. He's, that doesn't work, people. Right. Just, just a <laughs> thing of advice. He's also don't ever do that. He stole start, Ben's girlfriend. He stole the thing's blind girlfriend. Yep. And then found out she was a scroll, and then it was over. Because all he really Didn't wanted he date- was the thing's blind girl. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he date... Is, was that Lyra the Laser Fist? Yes. The scroll. Yes. yes. Didn't he date her while she was a scroll and they yes. were on the Fantastic Four? They, they were together. trying to make yeah. it work. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, green aliens, man. Who wouldn't? Yeah. She was okay. actually a good-looking scroll. But anyway, but what I'm saying she is... She was like, like She-Hulk with a lumpy chin. I think you could make... Reed yeah. and Sue older in the sense where it's like, well, they were always a little older, but now they've been out in space for years and they came back and people haven't seen them in a long time. They're doing power cosmic stuff where Franklin is using his reality warping powers to recreate the multiverse that got destroyed in Secret Wars. Right. 
And Reed is using the power of the Beyonder to help do this. So when they eventually come back to the 616 universe proper, it could be like, oh, we were doing this for a long time. Yeah, time warp. Time yeah, you play games travel, with time blah, travel. Blah. Yeah, we were out there for 50 years and we came back. Right. Yep. Here, that's what... Because uh, I'm not saying... Honestly, make... that's what that whole cable run yep. was. We were talking about... Oh, my um, baby has a, has a techno-organic infection. <laughs> 10,000 years in the future. Yeah. See you, kid. Yeah. But I don't know that when he has a baby, they're gone for like 20 years because yep. he leaves He leaves when she's a baby. Yep. They come back when she's a teenager. And in that run, which I just read, is like for f- four issues, she's a baby. And oh, then when for Cable another... has is Hope. on the run in the future with yeah. Hope. She's okay. growing up. And it's not that they're time traveling. They, they've been out there. For yes. Years. And they'll time say, has passed. Like, we've been in this one time frame for five years. And now she's five years older. And they even but do they it. Come, when they come back, it's like yep. they come back about a week after they left. Yes. but And they even do stuff where the time gets weird because it's like they're traveling out in space where they've been in a suspended animation pod oh, for 50 like a years. Planet of the Apes kind of thing. Yeah. Or Alien. Or uh, in, not Inception, what's the other? Interstellar. Where they're, oh, yeah. remember, it's like they're going in the pods getting chased by the big, uh, what's the space whale thing that was from the 90s X-Men? Remember the, the red space fish? The thing that the uh, the brood would take over? Yes. Yeah, the brood yes. alien yes. ship. They that had that in, in there. Yep. The, uh, it started with an A. Oh, God. Oh, Ascani. Yeah. Ascani. No, no, Ascani was... was cable. Ascani Phoenix son. became. Yeah. Oh. They were like a group of... No. Who the fuck? Arcunas space or whale. It's just like the space whales is like the... That's like the lowest point for me for X-Men. When the X-Men are fighting cockroaches that come out of a space whale, I'm done. Although the brood stuff was awesome. That cable, in that cable run, a space whale eats cable at one point. Yep. Yeah, it's like Jonah. <laughs> Yep, in the Bible. No, well, well, they're like they're inside, and he he gets outside of the space whale, like their brooder chasing him inside the space whale, and he gets outside, and he just gets too close to the mouth. Yep, and he gets and eaten. Bishop is chasing him through time this whole the whole time trying to kill Hope. That's yeah. great. No, it's dumb. yeah. Well, the really interesting thing about that series is that in the first fight, Cable's time travel portal gets damaged, so he can only go forward. Yep, he can never go back, but Bishop can go anywhere. So Bishop is hopping all over the timeline looking for him, and Cable's like moving in a straight line and just trying to keep yep. out of sight. So every now and then Bishop shows up, finds him, and they fight, and then he he just jumps, and he doesn't know whether it's six months or 50 years or 100 years, but they also can't move in space. So he jumps, and then he just starts walking. Yeah. So it's like... And Bishop's slowly going more crazy. It's a Bishop- really good, like, ti- if you like time travel stories, like, yeah. they deal with the paradoxes yeah. and, like, the rules of time travel. I'm doing air quotes, by the way, in case you can't <laughs> see me. The rules of time As travel. As we understand them. <laughs> and then Cable keeps coming back to the present day, and each time he's a little crazier. Yeah. And the X-Men are always like, all right, Bishop. Oh, really crazy, Bishop. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, maybe we can talk to him. He just starts shooting everybody. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, he killed Professor X for like a day. I don't care how much you shake your head. It was a good story. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it starred Cable and Bishop. Yeah. Mm. Hey, let me tell, tell you this. If it was Cyclops and Wolverine. Ah, no. <laughs> if it was Starhawk. Firelord. Star Fox and Hercules. I'd be all Hercules, you'd be all over Firelord and Ant-Man. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I know Dark- Darkhawk has something big coming. At C2E2, I saw C.B. Sabluski at the convention. And he's a buddy of my, he's a friend of a friend. Um, so I asked him like, Hey man, you need to do me one thing. Like, please bring Darkhawk back. 
And he's just like, oh, it's you. <laughs> guy travels conventions yeah. all over the nation. And there's and one say, guy asking about Dark guy. Rock in the country. And you know what? He's like, oh, don't worry. Well, something's coming down the line. But it's like he only has to deal with Stu once every year at c 2 So every year at c is like, no, man, they pushed it back. It's coming. Don't worry. Oh, and no. just give him that little glimmer of hope. He well, said, and I quote, don't worry, you're going to be seeing a lot of him soon. Yeah. Well, mark my that? words. You mark my words. Whatever C2E2 was, April? April, April? yeah. Mm. We're going to, that's Don't, don't right. hold your breath, But Stu. here's the thing. If Stu's the one guy, how well will it sell when it comes out? That's what I'm saying. It's a lie. Oh, I think no. he's just pacifying no, him. Uh, what do you think you're getting for Christmas? Like, Darkhawk? Everyone I know is going to get, here's it. You get an issue of Darkhawk. You get an issue of Darkhawk. <laughs> you're like the Oprah of Darkhawk. Oprah yeah. of Darkhawk. I mean, same thing, like, I'm making everybody come with me to see the Transformers now, movie. Now, what is it? This is kind of a sidebar, but it's come up a couple of times in this show. What do you think it is uh, when you have a character that you love, but uh, everyone else hates, and it just makes you grip them harder? Yeah. Because we mentioned at the top of the show, it's like Star Fox, Darkhawk, and Cable are maligned characters. And they've had highs and they've had lows. But... None of us in this room will give up our character, and we will defend that character yeah. against any argument. What do you think it is about, well, what is it about Darkhawk in particular that appeals to you so much? He was just one of the first characters that, like, I think I discovered the book at, like, the, at a cousin's house, like, the, the first annual or something. He's like, hey, check this out. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is really good. And it was, the, you know, I started getting every issue was the first character I ever went back and got back issues to read everything. Mm-hmm. And then it was like the one book that I then collected for, you know, I probably hopped on it like issue 12 and then it went for 50 issues. So it was like for a good, like the first beginning, like you know, when, whenever I would first go into a comic book store, like that first, like actually reading comics era, that was my guy. Like that was the, the, the first. What was about that book when you read the first one? Just I, it was different. I liked the powers. I liked the look of the character. Like I liked the costume and the look of the character. And he was an older brother that had two little, two younger siblings. That half, you know, half of his problems were like, yeah, I'm a superhero, but I've got to like take care of my siblings and like had all this home life to balance. And he wasn't that good at being a superhero. One of his powers was he could never, no matter how bad he got hurt. He could switch from the Dark Hawk body back to his human body and then switch back to a fully healed Dark Hawk body. So he would go out, get his ass kicked by like the UFOs, <laughs> switch back, heal up, get his ass kicked a little less by the UFOs, switch back, heal up, be like, okay, now I know how to fight you and beat the UFOs. It's, like it's a lot like the mechanic they did. Well, not the mechanic, but uh, the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern. That book started like that, where yeah. he got this ring, had no idea how to yep. use it. And I loved that book. It was time, a yeah. great book, and the the... It was like the inexperienced hero. You don't see that too much anymore. Yeah, Spider-Man that's used what to I do like. that. It exactly. was great. And it's like Invincible did it a little bit. Darkhawk sounds like it's done it. Kyle Rayner Green Lantern did it. That It's like you don't really get to well, you had it in play ul- with that You had much. it in Ultimate, and then once Peter Parker knew too much, they killed him off in Broden Miles, so they could right. do it all over yeah, again. Yeah, I think it's like you have and a small window, you can do this stuff. And that's that goes back to our original point, is like once your hero gets too experienced, they're less of that really interesting point and once they get married and once they yeah. start their own companies which characters do and have kids they're so far away which which is what attracts you when yeah. you're 12 and that, 
and I think that's one of the things I liked about Cable was Cable had that, but he was older. And he had like lived this, he lived this life where he just gotten beaten up a lot. I like characters that get beaten up. A you don't lot. like happy characters. No, <laughs> I love like Indiana Jones is my favorite movie. Yeah. I like Indiana Jones way more than James Bond because James Bond is like clean and getting laid and he's right. given new guns. James and Indiana Jones is like getting Beat snakes up. covered yeah. on him and spiders. Yeah. And- Every time. James Bond gets a new gadget. Indiana Jones gets another punch to the face. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, he's my favorite. Like, Hellboy is another one of my favorite characters because he's like, Hellboy and Cable, I think I like for the same reason, is that they, they have this unlimited potential that because of their character, they cannot tap into. Yeah. yeah. With Cable, it's like, Cable's supposed to be the most powerful mutant. Yeah. But he's also infected. So all of his power is keeping him alive. Oh, my. And then Hellboy is supposed to be this really powerful character, but only to destroy the world. Yes. Right. Yeah, he doesn't want to be as powerful as So, he John, liking Cable, did you read in the 90s, did you read the spinoff that came out of Age of Apocalypse, X-Man? X-Man? I didn't like X-Man as much. Really? And I read it for a little while. I obviously read it when it was Age of Apocalypse. And I think because he was kind of he was young and using his power... And he what he didn't have the weight of the world on his shoulders. And John like hates Cable alternate did. reality guys yeah. too. Uh, we had a long discussion about this a couple weeks ago. I always feel like the alternate realities don't count. Okay. And then, uh, be, oh well, Elseworld stories like that. I'm like, yeah, you can do whatever you want because there's no repercussions. Like Cable's carrying this like long life of failure behind yeah. him, and X Men didn't have that. X Men was this young X Men was like a mutant Peter Parker. Yes, but that's why I love him because he he was arguably at the time in the Marvel universe he was the most powerful person in the Marvel universe. Right, because he he was his telekinetic. He was, he and, was cable without the infection. He, he was cable without infection, so he was like theoretically more powerful than Phoenix. Was what they were saying in the comics at the time. But he had. If you're powerful in the X universe, you eventually become um, Phoenix. Yes, right. That was half That's a, the height of power in yeah. the hierarchy. Well, that was a lot of hope. Like hope yep. had no connection to Jean Grey other than red hair. Yep. But when she started to manifest her power immediately, they were like, maybe she's Phoenix. Yeah. Right? Just, well, the neat thing. So he's walking Phoenix around. Phoenix is the Amber Alert of mutants. <laughs> <laughs> so like he's walking around now and like in our Earth, you know, after surviving Age of Apocalypse, most powerful guy on the planet and doesn't know how a like the the light turns on in a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't know anything. That fish out of water. Yeah. So it's like he's just trying to go around and like figure out what to do. Meanwhile, he's getting his ass kicked by losers like I think UFOs. it was like whirlwind and UFOs and stuff like this. It's just because he doesn't know like the world that he's in. And it's like as soon as he gets angry, he just shuts down the fight with like two seconds because he uses all his power. Yeah. But because he's got so much power, the more he would use it, the quicker it would burn out his body. Yeah, so in a lot of ways, he was like Kyle Rayner. Yes. At that time. Now, now Stephen, I keep using Star Fox as the example because he's the one I really hate. Yeah. No, actually, the Avenger I really hate is Dr. Druid. Well, well, let me, let me ask you this, Stephen. He's, he's a dickhead. He's a guy going through he's a, a midlife crisis. Yeah, he's he like is. 48 years old. He looks yeah. like a psychologist. Who's, who I like, think he was a psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, I, think I can be a superhero too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to be like uh, like a runner-up. They like can't read, 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 he was like a runner-up for the Sorcerer Supreme. But he's only a doctor because he's a doctor of psychology, I think. But he was also kind of like a So creep. his origin <laughs> story already says he's not that great. Yeah. yeah. 
He's like, uh, I don't know how much I'd defend that guy. I'd still think of him as like an Avenger, but it's like... But not uh, Darkhawk? Yeah, exactly. Be- because it's like, uh, there's like a point where uh, some of the earliest Avengers books I got were back issues of the 80s stuff like so when bishema came back so it's like he was on the team star fox came back and was on the team for a bit it's like so when i thought of the avengers those were the guys i thought were avengers so so is it i think it's nostalgia is it the well it is nostalgia i mean that was our whole argument we had before the show and a little bit in the show of why i'm rereading spawn (laughs) see those faces and and this is what i said before the show Art-wise, Todd McFarlane was undeniably great on Spider-Man, no matter how he was personally or he became. Capullo was very good, became great, one of the best artists today. So it's nice to see that evolution. The stories are terrible, but a lot of it's nostalgia. Just- yeah. Well, and too, a lot of it, like, I'll read a really shitty comic with great art before I'll read a really great comic with bad art. Yeah. I'm you know the opposite, I'm but I'm more but Yeah, you know, but I think I'm, you're I'm more of a writer than writer, an artist. Yeah. You're more of an artist. But I think it's like, um, yeah, I think it's nostalgia. You know, it's like I said, I think when you find these books, they mean a lot to you. But then obviously the the other person doesn't have any of the connection to that. You know, it's like Stu just as easily could have been given a... uh, uh, an, a war machine book. You know what I mean? Right. That, that is similar. the other one I picked up, number one, with the black and silver cover. With the like first the, day in the purple logo on the top. That yeah. is a truly terrible book. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, was, the, uh, oh, yeah. A few years ago, I was filling up my Iron Man collection, and then I was like, oh, I should, I should add War Machine because they crossed over a lot. And I love Rhodey. Yeah. I think he's, he's a great a, character. I liked Rhodey. I yeah. loved him as Iron Man. I think he's great as War Machine. I, I thought the armor was cool. And I, so I picked up those War Machines for cheap. Oh, God, they were terrible. There's like two or three good stories. Like there's one there's one guy. It's like the first villain he fights. It's like issues two and three. A guy named Death Toll. Yes. Jesus. Where he got his so powers nice. from he's a hitman. He kills a bunch of religious fanatics in front of a statue of Shiva in India and covers the statue with their blood on act, you know, without even meaning to just slaughtering all these people. So then he has a hallucination where Shiva comes to him and says, for every life you take, I will give you another. So he has a little armband saying how many extra lives he has. Every time he kills somebody, he gets another extra life. Again, like a video game. Like a video game. Sounds awful. So he keeps coming after War Machine with like Uzis, and War Machine, you know, is not trying to kill people at this time and kills the guy. The dude comes back the next, you know, the next week, kills the guy. Dude comes back the next week. Eventually, like, Rhodey just buries him in a mass grave. (laughs) Dark. It's super dark stuff. He, He does a, he does, like, the first story arc is they take over a, he sees that some uh, a country of Imaya basically captures a Nelson Mandela type character, and he has to go in to try to free this character, and it starts an international incident where he overthrows a government. Like it was some some like heady stuff for a teenager in the nineties. Like it yeah, wasn't just yeah. it was all just bang bang bang. Look, and I got more guns than the other than regular That's Iron what Man it is on the surface. <laughs> and you know who made a guest appearance in issue two to help bolster sales? Hawkeye. Cable. Cable. Cable, you're right. Cable and de- and Deathlock. <laughs> the greatest thing in the world. This week. Uh, so I got uh, access to Hulu. Oh, nice. nice. Uh, very recently. And uh, so I started, and we'll talk about this maybe later. I started Venture Brothers, awesome. but then I stopped because Attack on Titan 
which I'm like obsessed with, put out a new That's season. That's on Hulu. And I won't go into it because that show is, there's a lot to it. I really well, like the show. All I know is that they fight like a giant Galactus with no skin. I have Pretty the first much. season on DVD. I'll let you borrow it. I well, if it's on In Hulu, English. I can go back. I have Hulu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Hulu has everything. But so it's this crazy story. It's like Japanese zombies, but the zombies are 100 feet tall. But uh, the new series came out recently, and I saw the trailer, and I was like, this looks awful. And then I heard about what was going on in the show, and I'm like, this sounds like they, the fucking carts came off the wagon. This show is terrible. Because it just, the the stuff people were telling me happens in the season just sounded so out there and ridiculous. And then I watched it, and I was like, god damn this show. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they still have worked. me. They still have me. It's yep. like I'm in their clutches. Uh, I highly recommend it. I don't know anything about anime, so I can't tell you if this is good anime or bad anime, but it's highly entertaining entertaining and it's super addictive i watched like the entire 12 episodes i think in like two days i just flew through it um but yeah i'd recommend that that's pretty good yeah that that actually connects uh to me because i was gonna um the last month couple of months or so i've gotten really really deep into apple tv uh and i mentioned a few times on the show but uh i just decided to just try it because um, I just wanted to see if I could kind of run everything with one box because I could get some apps on my PlayStation. I could get some apps on my Blu-ray player. and But then once I tapped into it, I realized I had all these digital copies in my Blu-rays that I never redeemed. So I started redeeming them, and then I realized I had 100 movies <laughs> in my iTunes just from Blu-rays. And over the last couple of months, I've gotten so into it and it's become so convenient that I'm slowly but surely going discless. And uh, I've had a discussion with my dad about it because uh, over my birthday, I said, all I want is iTunes gift cards because I'm going to buy movies that didn't come with digital copies. And he and he's like, well, are you sure you want to get rid of your disc? You won't have the movie anymore. You're trusting Apple to have these movies. And I said, yeah, but honestly, I was trusting Blu-ray players to be able to read these discs. And I don't know that that's going to happen. Blu-ray players are now like 50 bucks. There's like three of them in Best Buy now. So there's more of a chance that the iTunes digital copies will work 10 years from now because Apple's one of the biggest companies in the entire world. Then these Blu-ray players will still work. You think like the Blu-ray player will be replaced like VCRs? Yeah. I mean, I mean at some yeah. point, obviously it will, but like sooner rather than later, I thought that was like kind of No, like, sooner rather than later because you know what? If everything's you, streaming. Because you know what? If you buy a, a new computer, it doesn't have a disc player in it anymore. Yeah. They never put Blu-ray players ever in yeah. laptops. Right. And now they don't have anything. It's and like, not to mention you're a guy with kids. Disc scratch. Yeah. Oh my God. My Pixar movies just are. Yep. <laughs> right. Are they're unwatchable. Living hell. And the new Apple TV has Siri, which actually works, unlike the phone. So, uh, so like my my four year old can pick up, pick it up, and I'll push the Siri button, and he'll go Monsters Inc. and it'll just come on. That's, That's awesome. So the ironic thing is, yesterday, uh, iTunes has been having a ton of sales, and I recommend if you're thinking of going with digital copies. Every week on Tuesdays and Fridays, go to the iTunes store because they will just randomly have stuff for $5. Like last week was The Matrix. This week it's Train Spotting. It's That's like cool. they'll pick a random movie. And right now, all the Universal Monster movies and all of the like Scorsese era gangster movies are 10 bucks each. So I got like Goodfellas, Casino, Bride of Frankenstein, nice. Dracula. 
And the Pixar movies are $5 off, so they went from 20 to 15 So I bought Monsters, Inc. because we're watching that on a loop. And <laughs> so what I've been doing is taking all my, my Blu-rays down once I have the digital copies and taking them over to Half Price Books and Discreet Play, which are like the secondhand uh, stores in the Chicago area. And yesterday I had I brought a box of all the Blu-rays that I got on digital, and they gave me so much credit that they had a used Apple TV. So I was <laughs> so I was able to transfer these movies to digital and then get another box to show me them digitally. So now every TV in my house has an Apple TV connected to it. Yeah. Not to mention my computer, my phone, my iPad, my uh, laptop can play all of these movies, and they just. Uh, I'm sinking so much money into this. They also had this week uh, sales on bundles, and they had the complete James Bond for a 33% off, which ended up being like $4 a movie for every single every That's movie. not bad. And they don't take up any space because they don't want you to download them. Right. Yeah. So I figured, all right, well, how much – this is going to be a terabyte of information. It's basically like Netflix is that – you know, it's coming from the cloud, so it'll also save it everywhere. So I'll be watching it on TV, and then I'll go to my phone, and it'll remember where I was in the movie. That's so messed up. It's crazy, and I never trusted the cloud. I always looked at the cloud like a bank of data, and I was like, mm-hmm. no, I want to have my money in my wallet. I don't want to have my money in the ATM. But then I realized my wallet can only hold so much, and that's what's happening now with content. So I really think streaming is the next evolution yeah. The other nice thing about the Apple TV is it integrates all of the your made the major streaming. So if I ask Siri, um, like last last night, Ben decided he likes Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I'm like, yeah, all the good Arnold Schwarzenegger movies are rated R. So that let's there's except a much, for the classic Jingle All the Way. We've seen it. <laughs> we actually did a commentary on it. You can find that on the Play Cold Directors Commentaries podcast, which. Is like 10 years old, uh, but it's still on iTunes. Still streaming. <laughs> yes. We got really drunk on that podcast because we had a drinking game every time someone said Turbo Man. We took awesome. A drink. And then in the middle of that movie, we had to amend the rules to only when Arnold did. Because uh, we everybody was Because <laughs> <laughs> there is a scene where he's yelling at Jake Lloyd on the phone. He's like, I don't want to eat my Turbo Man. It's always Turbo Man, Turbo Man, Turbo Man. And we were gasping for air. <laughs> But, that sounds like a fun game. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really fun game. But I, I honestly think that uh, as as scary as it is to go to just Apple and trust them, I'm thinking it's scarier to hang on to Blu-ray thinking it's going to be viable in the future. And I use this analogy with my dad uh, of he was saying he was saying, well, he's like, well, you have to buy these movies again, and you're not you don't really own them. And I said, yeah, but I was thinking about Army of Darkness. Because I was looking at Army of Darkness and it was $15. And then I went to my Blu-ray and I didn't have a digital copy. And I'm like, damn it, I'm going to have to spend money on this. Because Army of Darkness is in my top five. Yeah. But then I thought about it. I was like, well, how many times have I paid for Army of Darkness in my lifetime? Well, I saw the movie in a movie theater on a blind date. That's $10. bucks. Uh, I, I bought the DVD. Yeah. Uh, after I saw it again on Sci-Fi. Then I bought the Director's Cut DVD. Then I bought the Blu-ray. Then I bought the Director's Cut Blu-ray. Also, I bought every Nika figure of Ash and Sideshow. So I've spent probably $600 on this one film. Another 15 is not going to (laughs) change. So. All right. My greatest thing this week, I guess, would have to be going back to the Father's Day stuff. 
um, Friday uh, took the kids to go see Cars 3, and that was awesome. Next week is Transformers 5. Oh. Uh, Apple TV has a sale. Mm-hmm. All four Transformers movies are $20 now. Nice. Yeah, we got they were selling them at Walmart a couple weeks ago, where me and Stuart have now watched the first three. He has to watch Age of Extinction before we go and watch this. But, like, Stuart loves, like, has gotten super into the Transformers and stuff, where I'm super excited, like, as a dad and as a nerd to go see this with him. But at the same time, <laughs> Michael Bay has some really cool trailers and some not really good plot lines. I only got through the first. And I the... love, I, we, we, we've talked about you and Transformers when you <laughs> haven't been around. Because <laughs> actually, uh, I think we mentioned on the show, we went to see Logan. Yeah, Logan had the Transformers trailer. Yeah, Logan had the Transformers trailer, and we both had a drink because now um, all, the, all theaters have beer now, which yeah. is yeah. They, I don't know why that was ever a thing that wasn't handed. The AMC <laughs> theaters have this bar called McGuffins, which is a great name and for a theater bar. So, so we finished our beers like during the credits, and I thought we were gonna get kicked out because they showed the trailer for the new Transformers, and I was like, Stu loves Transformers. Does he? Does he? Like these movies, and Steven with a beer and him goes, he fucking loves them. <laughs> he does. He sees every one of them in I'm, theaters. I'm I gonna lo- see him. I loved Transformers in the '80s, but I just I couldn't stay with it. I watched that first movie and I was like, eh. they got me. It's like it's. I have so many Transformers toys at home. Right. So many Transformers toys, where it's like even now, like I only buy. Like, the movie toys are, like, the guys that actually appear in the movie. I'm not going to buy every stupid movie Transformer toy. And I don't buy, like, the repaints where, oh, look, here's Bumblebee. The same exact Bumblebee from the last movie, but now he has three black stripes instead of two black yeah. stripes. That's worth not worth another $15 to me. But it's like, I got to see it. I got to – like, they got me. They got me. Yeah, it's that- like – it's uh, Age of Ultron is not a great movie. But I no, love it. Because, it's not a bad movie. No, it's not bad. But I'm saying it's the same thing. It's like it's like if if it was any worse of a movie, I'd still like it because it's like yeah. look, they added all these new Avengers. I love. Yep. That's what Transformers is for Stu. It's the movie that's doing the. It's like they're making Transformers movies. They're live action and they look. They look visually cool. Phenomenal. The, the fight scenes are great. The characterization of the Transformers I don't like. The human characters I don't like. The storylines are confusing and complicated and ass backwards, <laughs> but it's still Transformers yeah. on the big screen, so they got right. me. I own a copy of Batman and Robin on Blu-ray, so I understand. I have yet to buy it on Apple TV. Again, yeah, but I, but I wait for a sale. I hate that movie. Yeah, and I own it because Batman's in it. So yeah, I understand. Oh, I got one last thing, if Go you ahead. don't mind. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us this week on Dark Hawk Talk. <laughs> if anyone would like to send in any uh, fan art of Dark Hawk or any Dark Hawk fan fiction, you can send it to 19 South LaGrange, care of Stephen Brown. He, he loves that stuff. Any Dark Hawk memorabilia or Dark Hawk anything would be most welcome. Just wanted to put that out there. You can also post that to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash caffeinated comics. We've been getting some interesting responses from our shows. Uh, we got we saw a picture of a gray ghost figure after, yeah, after awesome. we were talking about Adam West last week. Oh, uh, and so on you can that post note, some Dark Hawk. Uh, not to cut you off, they, they finished that 
uh, Adam West sequel. That oh, good. They did. Good. I thought they. Yeah, did. I tagged yeah. you in it on Facebook. They there was an article about it that Shatner's doing Two Face. Adam West came back and did Batman, obviously. Um, so they did finish that. So I guess that'll be like his last. I right. mean, his last Batman yeah. performance, but maybe his last performance. Well, as we were total. saying, it's pro- it's definitely his last Batman performance. There may or may not be a couple of Family Guy episodes right. that were already done. We don't know. That's really cool. Well, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Not In My Book on Twitter. That is the official Caffeinated Comics Twitter feed. I'll be getting some good conversations there as well. And then you can... Uh, Stu, are you... I don't think... Are you active at all on social media? I'm on Facebook. I see your wife is on Facebook. My and wife tags is you on Facebook things. and tags me on things. I like things. I share certain <laughs> anime or Transformers or Hero Clicks things. Do you want people to follow you? Sure. I don't know how to make. I don't know what my tag is on Facebook. Mine, it's Stu McLean, I assume. <laughs> yeah. and you can listen to every episode on uh, iTunes. Uh, well, iTunes and Stitcher have the last year or so, but we have about four years of episodes. And you can find them all on caffeinatedcomics.blogspot.com. Steven, uh, Stu already stole your plug, but... Yeah, that's what you can find me at 19 South of Grange Road, tearing up any Darkhawk memorabilia that comes through. No, no. Darkhawk Talk will now be the newest, most popular Google search domain name, because everyone's going to try and take that now. <laughs> Caffeinated Comics is a Not In My Book production. Take that!